Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Baby, it's cold outside. And the snow has been nuts, and the cold weather has been brutal. Texas has been this prime example of wokeness does not create a good life. But more important, I hope you're safe, and I hope you're well, and I only hope that you have taken the time to check on your neighbors. We forget how important that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, there, there's impeachment fallout to talk about. Absolutely, there's Biden who won't say that Israel is an ally. Of course, there's more hate that, that was brought into uh, this administration through the Democratic Party. Uh, there's still the conversation of China, which is now uh, the European Union's biggest trade partner uh, through 2020. There's a lot to get to. Can't we take a second to remind ourselves of the things we can actually control in the best way we can control it? Make sure your neighbor's okay. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. I'm not saying the other stuff isn't important. I'm saying we got to focus. This cold, especially uh, in, in Texas, and I'm not trying to discount you know, those of us in the Midwest who always deal with cold temperatures. The point is we always deal with it. We're a little more prepared uh, for it. Uh, you talk about the, the 8, 10, 12 inches of snow plus that you got through that Ohio Valley kind of area. You talk about uh, the temperatures in the negatives in places uh, like uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. They were, they were 12 below yesterday guys I'm, I'm i'm sorry i feel for you if if you want uh producer ari he'll send you a blanket heck no Wait. i need those blankies for me you can't have you cannot have those blankets people are dealing with 12 below 16 below i mean it's just it's it's i think the high for today in lincoln is zero right but they're a little more used to it. You guys can have learned how to handle it. Texas, a little bit less. Refinery is going dark. Oh, that's going to affect you because you're the one who, of course, needs uh, that gas. The largest refineries in North America shut down on Monday. you got to bet they're shutting down uh, today as well. They, that's three million barrels uh, of oil processed each and every day. But that's not the biggest story, although that one is going to have, you're going to feel a weird, weird, quick uptick in gas prices, and then they'll come down, even though those of you who have been observant have noticed that gas prices are going up, something else attributable to the Biden administration that nobody's talking about. Nobody's talking about it. Gas prices are up, what, 40 cents, I think, since the election? This is based on my view. Right? It, your, yours could be different based on what you pay. No, the real story is that in Texas, they're doing rolling blackouts. They are doing rolling blackouts throughout parts of Texas because they don't have the power. Why, you may ask, what's the problem? Well, the cold weather, as I mentioned. Cold weather shut down the grid? The grid is fired up, powered up by wind farms. The wind farms, 
which can generate about 25,000 megawatts of energy. They have been brought to a standstill by cold weather. Oh, no, no, by ice. The turbines, the, 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 the winds, yeah, the wind turbines, the big windmills, they're frozen in place. Now, here's the question for those of us who have an interest in a survival lifestyle. Can you survive without power? Oh, well, some of us can. We know how to build fires. And some of us have, you know, uh, propane. And some of us have uh, other things that we've amassed and put together. All right, we're not survivalists, like real survivalists. Those people could do anything. But we can get through things because we've thought about what happens when it all goes to crap. Well, we are a very, very small group of people. And even the we who have considered these things may not have considered enough of it. It used to be that I had in my house a week's worth of supply of everything, just in case. Then, after living in California, I learned to do two things. A, a two-week supply. And B, had a bug-out bag. Because if there's an earthquake, you might have to leave. If there's an earthquake, you might have to depart quickly. I also have a pair of shoes next to my bed. Because in an earthquake, you don't want to be stepping through broken glass to find your children. These are things that I now do on a regular basis. After the pandemic, I have a month supply. I am prepared for 30 full days of anything. And now I'm taking a look at the frozen electrical grid, and I'm saying, huh, uh, two months. Two months sounds about right. That sounds about accurate. And what's my plan for being able to engage heat? You know, we knew that the, the cold weather was coming, and, and, and I've got firewood. I do not have, like, you know, you, is it a cord or is it a rick? of firewood you know where the, where the truck shows up and and it's it's like firewood for days it lines all across the wall i did that when i first moved to indiana and three years later it still wasn't dry it was a waste it was a waste and i don't know what i'm doing wrong and i would love for somebody to teach me and explain to me how to do this but i have of course firewood and the plan was we'd, we'd light a fire put it in the fireplace uh it'd be cozy and great and then you looked at some of the temperatures and said oh no 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 then you looked at what was going on with the possibility of texas and some of those warnings that only a few people were giving to the cold and the ice in texas and said what if we need this for heat so no fires didn't light a thing we'll use the central heat we have and we'll wait to see what happens hopefully nothing bad will happen but we'll be prepared it's funny i have a generator I have a generator just in case. I remember when I bought it and my wife looked at me and said, why are you buying a generator? I said, it happens to be on sale and you should, we should have a generator. Why should we have a generator? And I said, honestly, you've asked a question that you clearly know the answer to, so why are you asking me it? You have a generator for when there's no power. To be prepared to handle some of the things that can go wrong. She was more asking, was I anticipating something going wrong? And the answer is I wasn't at the time, but it's about preparing for the thing that you don't anticipate. The amount of people who don't prepare is an overwhelming number. And just 
the slightest thing, the slightest hiccup in this amazing system we have in America can absolutely ruin everything. It's unbelievable to witness. And the people who are prepared see moments like this in Texas and they say, yeah, well, of course, what'd you expect? And the people who went through those first months of the pandemic saying, I can't find chicken and I can't find this and I can't find that. There were people across America said, yeah, well, what did you expect? What are you prepared for? And a further follow-up question, what have you done to remind yourself that being prepared is actually and indeed your responsibility? Well, now we have to look Texas in the eye and ask them, what are you prepared for? Now, you could say, Tony, you might be jumping the gun here. This is a weird thing. It doesn't often happen that you've got this kind of ice. You're absolutely right. It doesn't. But you know what I just learned? I just learned you could shut off half the power of Texas in about seven seconds. That's what I learned. What I learned is that if you are dependent on them, when the time comes that they can't be depended on, well, you're going to have a problem. Tony, you're attacking Texas. It's actually not even about Texas, now is it? It's a freak weather thing. But it reminds you how much you have to be responsible for you no matter where you live. Let's go back to the temperatures right now in Lincoln, Nebraska. Zero is the high. I think that uh, they woke up in the morning to 16 below, right? You'll correct me if I'm wrong, Lincoln. Well, aren't the people of Lincoln responsible for ensuring that they could stay warm during this? Because they didn't go through this once, they go through it every year, and they still choose to live in Lincoln, and that's what they deal with. Right? The downside is you have 16 degrees below zero. The upside is you never have anybody in San Francisco telling you, look out for the human poop, don't step in it. Right? There's a yin and a yang, baby. There's two sides to the bell curve. These things should teach you to be prepared. These things are reminders of personal responsibility, so great and so important. And you know what we're probably going to hear? Well, we need to do more to protect the wind farms. There's going to be some kind of government program that comes out of this from the feds to make sure people are safe, as opposed to the real lesson, which is us taking care of us ourselves individually and then our neighbors remember you put the oxygen mask on yourself before assisting your child that's my takeaway that's what I've learned from this oh also and wind power doesn't work and we should stop forcing it on people it doesn't work it's not that I don't want it to work it's that it doesn't work you know what it takes to defrost the, these giant windmills, these giant turbines? Are you call them turbines? Is that what you call them? It takes helicopters with huge, you know, you know how like they put out wildfires with those bags, right? The, 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 it's like a, what is it? It's like an upside down parachute. It's filled with water. Well, this is filled with chemicals. It's filled with chemicals and you pour it on there. So a helicopter run by gasoline carrying chemicals which are bad for the environment are what are what is necessary to allow the wind uh the, the windmills to work 
to bring us green energy, and even those need electricity to get started. I mean, that's, a, that's pretty messed up. You're going to repeat that story to someone and lay that out for them and watch their eyes just bulge out of their head. Because I'm not the one who came up with it. I actually saw that on social media and I said, that's, that is the correct answer. Now, what I take from this is personal responsibility. You have to be prepared for when things don't work right. America has an incredible system. We are amazing in what we have put together. However, man, is it, uh, is it tenuous? It's fragile. That's a problem that we have to fix. But until that problem is fixed, you better remember that you got to take care of you. And you should be prepared. Two months worth of food and water. Sounds about right. I'm Tony Katz. The Canadian National Advisory Committee. I didn't know there was such a thing, but they are the National Advisory Committee for Immunization. And they've made a recommendation that they should prioritize race over age when it comes to COVID vaccinations. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I don't live in Canada and my life is better for it. 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. This is the quote or or, or, uh, paraphrasing that adults in radicalized and marginalized communities are in line to receive the vaccine before adults with underlying medical conditions at high risk of severe illness from COVID-19. Now, this might end up playing in, in a different way. But we have seen this type of conversation before. And this type of conversation is one that asks what matters more, science or feeling good? What matters more? Now, I am a believer that when we take a look at COVID, the only answer should be science. When it was first announced, that what you would have is uh, the older uh, generations being vaccinated first, I asked the question, tell me about the science behind it, right? Because I could ask the question not knowing, but just in, in the standard curiosity, if the disease is more spread by younger people, even though they're less likely to get sick from it, wouldn't you want to inoculate them so it doesn't spread to older people? And the answer is no. You want to make sure that older people are as protected as possible, and then you could still engage the separation between them and people who are more likely to have come into contact with somebody who has it. And I said, okay. Then there was a a moral component of it. You don't tell uh, an an elderly generation, yeah, you come last, (laughs) right? And I said, okay, that's, that's that's an interesting way to look at it too. I understood the science, and there's, of course, a morality conversation, and, and I get it. We should inoculate people based on race because the older population is usually a whiter population and therefore it's not okay. I'm sorry, I don't want to be around people who think like that. How anti-science do you have to be? I mean, you'd have to be so anti-science, you let boys participate in women's track. I, I mean, um, oh, that was too soon? 
just a girls track. It would have lined up with boys, but you're with me. Science matters. So sometimes the race-based nonsense is just race-based nonsense. Science absolutely positively matters. Speaking of science, Nancy Pelosi says there's going to be an independent commission to examine the Capitol riot. And I say, good. I got no problem with an independent commission. Take a look into the riot. I want to know the role that Nancy Pelosi played in it. I want to know what was suggested in terms of security and what was turned down by Speaker Pelosi, what was turned down by the House Sergeant of Arms, what was turned down by the Senate Sergeant at Arms. Both of them got fired and resigned. And uh, I say now Mitch McConnell should not have allowed the resignation. Should have been fired. Let us take a look into what happened. We've asked the question here. You've got a riot at the Capitol and nobody's responding with force. What is this? Why not? They're American citizens. Stop it right there. It's the Capitol. I want to know. When there are riots in downtown Minneapolis, I wonder why people aren't responding with force. The Capitol's somehow different. And to the same conversation going the other way, it's not more of a horrible thing because it happened at the Capitol. Don't tell the business owner of downtown Minneapolis that, oh, well, at least it wasn't the Capitol. (laughs) That's all going on. I have no problem with this commission whatsoever. It is a question of what they're actually going to discuss in the same way I have said, and I mean it. I mean it. I don't think there was any reason to impeach uh, Donald Trump regarding uh, incitement of insurrection. thought it was a despicable claim. It never had any uh, basis of going forward, never had any constitutionality to it. But where, what was Donald Trump doing when there was a riot at the Capitol is an absolutely acceptable question. And if you don't think it's an acceptable question, replace Donald Trump with Barack Obama and get back to me. That's how I know it's an acceptable question. I recognize the good of Trump, and I recognize the issues of Trump. It comes with not being an idol worshiper. But in all cases, Trump works for me. He always worked for me. Nothing ever changed. He works for you. The Capitol's under attack. What was the president doing? And what moves were made to stop that attack from happening? Question I'd like an answer to. Like, what did Nancy Pelosi do? I'm Tony Katz. James Comey is back in the news. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669 on Facebook. Still there. At Tony Katz Radio. Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like the page. Just the News, which is John Solomon's outfit released an email from former FBI Director James Comey raising questions about his role in the Steele dossier and the Russian investigation. Really interesting write-up from this from Jonathan Turley over at uh, his uh, site. It's that James Comey told James Clapper, who was the Director of National Intelligence at the time, that the FBI was unable to, and I'm quoting here, sufficiently corroborate, unquote, the Steele dossier 
but signed the FISA warrants anyway. He declared, the FISA warrant declared that the Steele dossier had been verified, but on the same day, he was telling James Clapper, we are not able to sufficiently corroborate the reporting. Translation, James Comey is the lying son of a you-know-what-you-thought-he-was-from-the-beginning. I would say he's still wandering around the forest somewhere, but it's very cold out, so who knows? This is ugly. Justthenews.com with the story. The CIA informed Comey's FBI that the target, Carter Page, wasn't a Russian spy, but an asset helping U.S. intelligence. The Bureau had, and we know about this, they had plenty of warnings of Christopher Steele and what is known as his subsource. Right, who he was getting information from. And that none of these people would have been, should have been trusted. And that it could have been compromised by Russian disinformation. But you're, 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 you're saying two things at the same time that are completely opposite. No, I guess that's where Andy McCabe learned it. I guess that's where he learned to lie to FBI investigators about what he was already lying about. Leaking things here and there. Oh, this is going to be an ugly story that the news media is going to completely not pay attention to. When you take a look at what just happened with this this second round of of impeachment, and, and and you you ask the question, well, what's next for uh, the the Democratic Party? The answer is very very clear. They're going to keep bringing up Donald Trump. Yeah, but they just impeached for a second time and didn't get acquittal for the second time. Why are they going to keep bringing up Donald Trump? And the answer is because they don't know how to do anything else. Brian Stelter doesn't have a show without Donald Trump. Can't do it. And they couldn't tie you to being a racist, couldn't tie you to being a white supremacist, but they'll tie you to Trump and that'll that'll cover everything and that'll be enough. And everything will be about Trump from here on out. It will never be about facts and understanding what happened. We have discussed from the beginning that when people talked about John Durham, right, the U.S. Uh, attorney for Connecticut, who still isn't done with his uh, reporting, It was about the origins. We know that Russia was not working with President Trump on the election, that the entire collusion narrative was a fraud from the beginning. But now we need to know how we got to the place where we were pushing that. That's the origin story. That's what so much of this is about. You think that that today's media apparatchik or today's Democratic Party cares uh, about that at all? They should. The rational mind should ask yourself who cares and who doesn't. And when they don't care, ask yourself, why are they so incurious? And then what do all of those people have in common? What do they have in common, the people who don't care about the origin story? And then why, as reporters, are they so incurious? For example, I saw a lot of this story uh, today. It's It's actually a twofer. There was this from Newsweek. Joe Biden playing as Luigi, wins in Mario Kart race against granddaughter at Camp David. I can't make that up. I can't make that up. That's a headline. 
from Newsweek. Here's CNN on Twitter. President Biden has expressed a preference for a fire built in the Oval Office fireplace and sometimes adds a log himself to keep it going. It's log. It's log. It's big. It's heavy. It's wood. A couple people got that reference and I appreciate you. News stories now involve whether or not Joe Biden literally added fuel to the fire. At least when the White House burns this time, we won't blame it on the British. Oh, screw you. That's a good joke. That's a good... Really, Producer Ari? Nothing? I mean, it was good. I'm not oh, going to, you know, you're the of applause. Man, you are just terrible. That My was... standards are, are being upped. Oh, oh. But this is what... Cons- this is a news story today, guys. This is the hard-hitting... So when we take a look at a story about Comey proactively lying and nobody discusses it, you're going to realize something that is we, that is very true. And, and you know it because we've discussed it and you knew it. How important talk radio is and how much they're coming after it. It's so funny. I, there was a story in the Washington Post. This was last, this was last week. This, this was last week. It was last Monday. And it came out on a Sunday, and it was it was about um, talk radio and the, and the future of uh, of talk radio, and it was it was all sorts of silly. And I had sent it to my program director for my uh, for my morning show, and he's like, "This is wrong here and here and here." I mean, he's got a lifetime in, in radio, and I said, "You should come on to my morning show. We should talk about this." He goes. People want to hear about this? I said, it's inside baseball of, of radio and, and how this works. Yeah. And anyway, he comes on. It got picked up by the trades of someone pushing back against this Washington Post story, which was pretty awesome. Uh, and I'll put it. I'll post it on, on my Facebook page so you can have it. Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. And then came literally three days later, a New York Times piece blaming the Capitol riots on talk radio. Yeah, Limbaugh and Levin and and uh, Dan Bongino was in the image, um, and Parlor's back up by the way, which is Dan Bongino's uh, a social media site along with Rumble, where he, you can host your videos. Rumble.com. I use Rumble. I use Parlor as well. At Tony Katz on Parlor, blaming talk radio. Two articles in a week, huh? You understand the reason why? Talk radio is where you get a lot of information. We share stories that will not get shared in that mainstream world. Never once will it cross the lips of George Stephanopoulos. I mean, we can be as clear as day here, guys. This is a safe space. We are more honest than any news network out there, period. Period. And I will specifically say ABC, NBC, CBS, New York Times, The Washington Post, uh, Los Angeles Times. USA Today, all of them, MSNBC, CNN, all of them, all of them. We cover more subjects. We engage more conversations. We speak more honestly, whether it's about President Trump or politics in general or culture in general than any of them and engage more sides of the conversation than any of them. Well, if the objective 
is to control a narrative, you may want to control the places where the narrative can be questioned. Is it any surprise they're looking at talk radio? Any surprise that they're saying, hmm, this is a group of people that we're going to have to make sure we, we break, we crack, they're next. Do you think it's coincidence that it was the Washington Post and the New York Times within the span of a week? Because I don't think that's coincidence. The same media that told us that Andrew Cuomo was the second coming of the Lord is the same media that in one week ran two stories blaming talk radio and talking about the problems that they have and that uh, they are for America. Huh. Huh. How very, very interesting. How very interesting indeed. Speaking of Andrew Cuomo, there's a story that media might pick up on because after all, with Trump out, he's no longer useful. That story's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So Andrew Cuomo has stepped in it. The question is, will he be allowed to step out of it? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. He covered up the deaths of thousands in New York. Now, this isn't me saying it because I disagree with him politically or I think that he's an obnoxious jerk face. No, this is because this is what he did. He covered up the deaths of thousands in the state of New York. And his argument is, well, let me tell you what happened. We already know what happened because his secretary told us what happened, that they had the state asking about COVID deaths in nursing homes, and then the Department of Justice under President Trump, and they were going after Phil Murphy and going after Gretchen Whitmer and going after Gavin Newsom, that's New Jersey, Michigan, and uh, California, those governors respectively. And so we were worried about being sued, and, and so we froze and didn't do anything. That's what she said. Andrew Cuomo says, no, 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 no. What we did is that we pressed pause. That's my, my Andrew Cuomo Im- impression. This is, this is some hard-edged New York uh, accent that we got going on here. We pressed pause, and we took care of the Department of Justice first. We took care of their needs, and then didn't move fast enough to answer the questions for New York. It's actually pretty good. I got to admit, that is, that is not bad. That is not. Now, if I could only say it in a less manly way, I could really get the full Andrew Cuomo. But this is his argument. We didn't do anything wrong. We got the information to everybody, but we had to take care of the feds first. Put that on the back burner uh, for a moment. But when Cuomo's talking about the nursing homes, who does he blame? The people who worked in the nursing homes. Three, we have 613 nursing homes in the state. 365 received a person from a hospital. 
Of the 365 that received a person from this March 25th guidance, which was then superseded in May, 98% of those 365 already had COVID in their hot facility. COVID did not get into the nursing homes by people coming from hospitals. COVID got into the nursing homes by staff walking into the nursing home. You dumb, stupid, low-life staffers who showed up every day, not listening to protocols, just walking in after licking doorknobs, you're the reason those people got COVID. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. That's insane. Insane. He's throwing those people under the bus while claiming this pause that they didn't get things to the state of New York in terms of the numbers because they were getting them to the Justice Department. Enter Janice Dean. Janice Dean goes on Fox News. She's the, She does weather. But she has two family members. Her, her in-laws died in, in a nursing home. She's been at the forefront of this conversation, upset with New York and getting the data, and she has been right from the beginning and proven right. And she's like, pause. The Department of Justice doesn't have anything here. Let me prove it. One other thing. I spoke to a senior level in the Justice Department in December, and I asked them point blank, did you receive any information from this governor or his administration? This is what he's saying his, uh, his aide, Melissa DeRosa, had said, that they were putting all the information together. That's why there was such a delay for the Democratic lawmakers. That's a lie. <laughs> there is no information that this governor or his administration gave to the DOJ. Well, now you got to say that Janice Dean is lying, right? Which uh, we should note that Cuomo's office has gone after Janice Dean before. You would have to say that Janice Dean is lying. What are the odds that Cuomo is lying or that Janice Dean is lying? Gustavo Rivera. You don't know his name. That's all right. He represents the 33rd District in New York. He is the chair of the Senate Health Committee. And when he was asked the question about whether or not staff, legislative staff, was told about the DOJ pause in responding to lawmakers' request for nursing home data. Remember, I said put it on the back burner. Cuomo says we paused and made sure we got the information to the Department of Justice first. When asked about this, Gustavo Rivera writes, outside of what I read in the paper, ahem, let me clear my throat here, ahem, it does not. Meaning, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, is lying. He lied throughout an entire press conference yesterday. He threw healthcare workers under the bus. He threw families of those who died under the bus. And he lied about where he was giving information and why he couldn't get information to other people. Now, the question is, is that the end of his political career? Well, there are plenty of Democrats who are more than happy to be done with him because he did his job. 
He helped them beat uh, Donald Trump, and now he's expendable. Why waste your capital on this guy? Why waste your capital? So we're about to find out whether that's true. Will he be removed from office? Does he resign? Let's see how big the pressure is. Both things should happen. He should remove from office or he should resign. But know this, Andrew Cuomo's a liar. I'm Tony Katz.